Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Hardly Kayfabe. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris Chavez, and I'm joined by my two other tag team partners, the World Championship Tag Team, known as Johnny Townsend. Hello. And Matt Johnson. Hi. And uh, kind of like the fabulous Freebirds, we uh, we have a Freebird rule here. Even if one of us is not here, the other two still go on and record the episode. Uh, but we're all here together today, all three of us, three-man tag team. Uh, what's up, guys? How you guys doing this week? Very good, very good. Busy as a busy as a bee, <laughs> for sure. We could see that. Uh, <laughs> we were just before we started recording, we were talking about how Matt, um, and if you follow Matt on social media, you'll see he's posting these new, uh, what do they call snow globes? Snow globes. Yeah, globe basically are snow globes. I'm just legit, just grabbing anything I can. Yeah, you got to give them a name, like so you can brand them. So yeah, globes. yeah, pop globes. There you go. There go. I don't know. It's something because I, I can literally do anything. I, dude, I just start like, popping the heads off of action figures, like superhero action figures. It's like uh, a Hulk head, you know what I mean, or an Iron yeah. Man helmet. <laughs> I have a bunch of like Legos I want to start doing with them too. But oh, I, oh. now you're speaking to me. Yeah, I did it before, but now I'm like, now I have like this business mentality where I'm like, people eat this stuff up. They so, do, dude. So yeah, why not? Brand it up, get some stickers made, throw them on the front of those jars, and sell them all out at the next Western New York PodCon. Absolutely. Uh, Johnny, you've been busy this week. What have you been up to? I am a busy son of a gun. Uh, have I do? <laughs> I don't like to brag, but uh, I, I am an artist. <laughs> and uh, I've been working on several commissions. Uh, so hit me up. Oh, my social. Oh, we're doing all our, our social medias now. <laughs> Uh, it's been a while since we don't haven't openly plugged them, so yeah, why not? It's been a while uh, since I could. Um, yeah, just go to uh, what is? Oh wow, I haven't done this in a long time. I'm out of practice. <laughs> uh, what is my Instagram? Johnnyism twenty eight. Yeah. Is that it? There you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Johnnyism twenty eight. <laughs> go there. That's where I put all my uh, art art stuff, and you can contact me through there if you are interested in buying some art. Oh, yeah. And as always, check out our website, BICBP-radio.com. And as we mentioned slightly before, uh, check out the fact that we are promoting our first ever Western New York PodCon Showcase, Podcast Convention Showcase. Uh, It's going to be in Niagara Falls. Uh, All the information is on our Facebook page, so check it out, BICBP Radio Network on Facebook. Um, and if you're interested as a vendor in maybe getting a table, make sure you hit Matt up. Uh, he's got all the details on that. Uh, but this is, this is a wrestling podcast, pro wrestling podcast. We talk about the stuff that we like to talk about wrestling. Um, and guys, and guys, it's the road to WrestleMania. So obviously some great story buildings going on right now. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was, oh man I'm, I'm just gonna insert like the cricket sounds there you should yeah I, I i've never felt it's been a while since it's been a while <laughs> since uh i've felt like the despite the fact that wrestlemania as of this recording is mere weeks away that it's almost as if they're in a, like a holding pattern when it comes to storytelling to me it's weird dude it's so yeah. weird um, we're seeing some of this, the same stuff that over and over. So it's like, it, it's, there's nothing building up here. Like the Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor thing, Braun Strowman's involved. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, it, there's you see Strowman in the, the Andre, the giant battle Royal. Like what happened to his push? I don't know, man. I, he just yeah, did, I, announced for it this week. And I, I'm so confused. Dude, all they do with him now is bra- basically uh, bring him to the parking lot and have him rip a car apart. Like, how many times have we seen that now? You know, basically, his, he's feuding with, like, some people from Saturday Night Live. Yes. Why did he, that like, is it's, weird. It's, <laughs> it totally feels like, remember back uh, um, last year, Johnny, when we were like, how weird it felt that he's supposed to be pushed as a face, but he was such a bully? Yeah, he's still a bully. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They um, gave him a car, guys. They gave him a car, and he yeah. just destroyed it like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell him I said that. He lives 
pretty close to me. His parents do. <laughs> so he can find me if he wants to. <laughs> it was a very weird and he week. Would, he, he would destroy me. <laughs> yeah, it was just a very weird week uh, in wrestling. So I wanted to point out just a couple of the things that did happen this week uh, and see what you guys thought. So Beth Phoenix came out of retirement so she can go after tag team. Yeah, I like her, so I'm not going to be mad about it. Mm-hmm. But it's always weird to me when an, a wrestler, quote unquote, comes out of retirement. Or retirement. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I said un. Well, technically, it is an untirement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just always just kind of a little weird. Uh, kind of takes away from their actual retirement a little bit. Oh, yeah. it does. We do- it but, does. I mean, Terry Funk's one to. Oh yeah. Point the finger at very heavily. Oh, he'll <laughs> yes. be back next month. By the way. And it's been plenty of wrestlers who've done that. I mean, I mean, Mick Foley's one of my all-time faves, and he's done that. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's just going to happen. I mean, if wrestling's in your blood, you're going to want to do it. Yeah, true. So I get it from that standpoint. I am, a, and I like her, so I'm okay. I'm not mad that she's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't like. I don't understand why she would come back unless they're going to give her the title. And I don't see. I don't think it's the time to take the titles off the the newly freshly crowned tag team title right. champions right now. Right. There's there's a, a lot of other tag teams that you could, you know, put them as in, into contention and maybe have them start feuding or doing whatever. Maybe even if it's from a different brand because the the idea is is that they're going all across all three brands uh, uh to defend these yeah. titles. So you could have somebody from, you know, maybe an NXT tag team just, that just invades that, you know, comes and costs them a regular match at some point and create a yeah. feud. But yeah, like you said, to bring someone out of retirement to create a team, a tag team, you know what I mean, with Natalia yeah. out of nowhere. One of my one of my thoughts would be maybe she just wants her uh, WrestleMania moment, as they like to say. But I don't know about you guys, and I'm very curious what you both think about this. I, while everybody knows WrestleMania is the big show, like to me, a WrestleMania moment doesn't feel near as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, like a career-defining thing as it used to. Not anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's just my opinion. That's how it feels. I mean, the last one I can even think of that really stood out to me uh, was Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Win- winning the championship. And maybe when Seth Rollins cashed in. Uh, But that's, man, that, that other was, than that. that was, yeah, that was about it. And. It's 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 pretty sad. How, like I just feel like WrestleMania. Yeah, like we said briefly, it's it is just a thrown together together pay per view. Um, yeah, and it's also hard for me to get mad too because apparently this WrestleMania is going to be like twenty hours long. Oh god, and like seventeen matches. Uh, that's yeah, no right way. I, there's that's, no way yes. I'm watching this live. No way. Yeah, it's not. It's I want to get mad and upset about it, but I, man, it's like a WrestleMania payday for these. Uh, for these wrestlers who I like a lot, so I'm really torn on this. Uh, <laughs> still. I don't get the philosophy behind that. I mean, if I was sitting, if I paid for that experience and I'm sitting in that stadium all day, um, that's a long day, and it, like, yeah. I'm going to be exhausted by the time the even the main show hits. But uh, especially the main event, the most important match of the night. You Sorry, know? we get takeover before that, and that's going to be a nice three to two hours as, as it should be yeah and i'm very excited about did you guys watch nxt this week it's very good no i Is missed it? this week's it's very good i recommend it uh just a spoiler alert uh the, we're getting since chiampa had to vacate the title because he has a, he had to get neck surgery yeah uh it's going to be gargano versus adam cole for I the championship that. two out of three falls so That's that right there's already got me excited for that show Heck yeah, dude. I did see that. I saw the announcement for that. So uh, NXT, you know, TakeOver never disappoints, dude. It, it rarely, rarely, rarely ever disappoints. What does disappoint is when uh, Kurt Angle says he's retiring and he announces he's going to be facing Corbin at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. dude. he You can just tell <laughs> him announcing that he did not have a bit of passion in his voice at all. Like How a, could you? <laughs> No, you can't. And like it it puts Corbin in a bad it like if I was mm-hmm. I feel bad for Corbin the person, but Corbin the wrestler is just not interesting by no. by any means. So, like I don't feel bad in that respect <laughs> at all because the way he's been booked, the way he's been used, it's it's like atrocious. I mean, when's the last time a crowd's chanted we want Cena? Yeah. It's been a long it's been a long time. 
since that's happened. And, you know, it, why would they think? Kurt Angle is one of the greatest performers of this generation, uh, you know, the, since the 2000s, easily. Yeah, a true, a true Hall of Famer. 100%. Uh, yeah. The show stealer, one of the best technical wrestlers of all time, um, puts on, you know, great matches. And, like, even even like he's doing this retirement tour against, like, Apollo Crews, and then he did uh, Chad Gable this week. Mm-hmm. You know, he you can definitely tell he's older. He's a little stiff, but he could, the dude can still go. Yeah. So, I mean, you give him Corbin, like Michaels and Flair, I get it. They're the all-time, they're two of the all-time, um, you know, greats. Yeah. So we've seen Taker and, and, you know, a few, uh, Taker and Michaels. Uh, but Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin, like you have not built Corbin up to be a no. star. No, he is a yeah. glorified jobber. La- but- last week, last week we uh, for our topic, it was it was Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair for a retirement match, and that felt right. That's two major wrestlers. Yeah, uh, and that felt like it should be a retirement match for Ric Flair. Like it felt like the great, the perfect opponent. This one, and this is no offense to Corbin, but it's just like it does. Corbin himself a major disservice. <laughs> uh, this hurts him more than anything, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, when you guys were when we when you guys were telling me this, like we all have our little group chat we got, uh, I was like, this when when WWE makes decisions like this, like I get where they're going from a story point storyline standpoint, like that it makes sense in a way because he's kind of been feuding with him. But when you announce that this is his retirement, this is Kurt Angle's retirement, his last match, quote unquote, uh, that it's going to be against Baron Corbin. You should know. You should know if you're not tone deaf that that's going to go over like, as they say down here in the South, a fart in church. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) And uh, it's, it's just going to be awful. And it's, man. I've never heard terrible. that. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> that gets said a lot down here. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, see, and that's the problem. Uh, according to the Psycho Sids, at WrestleMania, the plan was for Corbin to win. Kurt was going to help try to put him over and, and lose at WrestleMania at his retirement match for Corbin to win. Um, uh, which, which, honestly... If you're going to put him in there with a younger wrestler, he needs to put him over. Right, exactly. But like that's Corbin, kind of the, the unwritten rule of wrestling. It's just Corbin, though. Like nobody's going to want to see that. <laughs> yes. Nobody, yeah. even no, us, like, the he, guys he no who cr- understand. He, Corbin has no credibility, like at all, at yeah. all. He's lost. I mean, he's gotten squashed for the better part of this year. Just absolutely. He destroyed. just lost this week. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what you know. Uh, and he's uh, got to be frustrated, dude, as a as a wrestler, as a performer, because you know these guys who who that's their role is to draw this heat and to get all this hate and the ire from the fans, and they enjoy it because. It, but but he's getting the kind of hate and heat that's like, like we'd be fine if you were not on this show anymore. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And you yeah, know see, he it, feels that. You know he knows oh, what yeah. that is. It's not the same. Yeah, you. It's it's one thing if if he's going against a heel, and the heel is somebody that is a younger guy who can talk really well, and can get a, get a lot of heat, and would benefit from beating Kurt Angle. Uh, you know, because like if let's say let's say this was like a young Miz going against Kurt Angle, and and the Miz won, I would be looking forward to the to the promo he's going to have. You know, that that next Monday or Tuesday, because mm-hmm, right. I know it's going to be it's going to be fun. Uh, but and this, but Corbin, while I think he's okay on the mic, he's not necessarily strong on it uh so i don't know like this I, I guess the question would be since it's kind of going around that they are going to replace corbin in this match who do you think it should be i think it has to be cena yeah it's and because they don't have plans for him yet yeah no and you heard I me mean, we all heard the crowd begging for it last week the people on the internet begging for it yeah uh give them what they want yeah like, literally they're they're legit yelling at you and telling you Hey, yeah. <laughs> this is what we want, and if you do anything other than that, uh, you're foolish. What's like, your react? Uh, what's your reaction when when Kurt Angle comes out for his retirement match, and he's standing and looking at the entrance, waiting for Corbin to come out, and all of a sudden, all the lights go out, and we hear that that bell. We hear the 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 dong. You know what I mean? 
and it's oh. Undertaker. Oh, what's for your, Undertaker. Yes, what's your reaction if it's Undertaker? No. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> it, it, if this happened five years ago, right. 100%. Right, one hundred percent would vouch for this, um, and it just makes sense when it's Cena because Cena's first kind of breaking it. Like the reason we even they, they knew Cena was going to be a big deal was he beat Kurt Angle in his first match. That's yeah. right. So it's perfect. It is perfect for that. Like oh, it, it all just makes perfect. sense. Yeah. So that's why I think. Every, so here, here's here's an idea I have, and I've never seen this idea anywhere else. They've never done this before ever. Wink, wink. Is uh, let's just say John Cena's in the crowd. <laughs> And he's like, I don't have anything to do with this WrestleMania. And he does that for the whole show until Kurt Angle comes out. And then he runs up the ramp. <laughs> was that not like the I've dumbest thing? <laughs> That's what they did last year with Cena and Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. And it was terrible. It was stupid. Don't do that. Oh, man. <laughs> Just have him. Man. I'm with you guys. Just have him go against Cena. The crowd literally was chanting that. Yeah. They're, 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 they're doing the work for you. <laughs> Well, they did say they're promising to listen to the fans now, and they were promising to uh, give us fresh and new. Uh, but the, but there is rumblings now that that's canceled. That the Corbin the Corbin uh, uh, angle match is canceled because because of that that uh, you know that what do you call it the the backlash. Um, apparently, like they were not expecting it whatsoever. I mean, I, I'm sure they were going to hear some sort of booze, but word is from behind the scenes that they were kind of thrown off when they got the kind of yes. reaction they got. I can't Which believe is, they're that, like, yeah. oblivious to oh, gosh. Like, the thing. Like, yeah. you got to have some kind of pre- – like, you got to read your, like, social – like, you, they have an entire social media department that, that puts stuff on Facebook all the time. And every time I fish through it, I can find at least 20 to 30, uh, like, shots at how boring, like, <laughs> how boring, like, Baron Corbin's character is and how legit people don't get it. They don't like it at all. And there's, like, you know, there's tons of reactions to it. I'm like, you'd feel, you would think that a company in this day and age, especially like that, with the social media outreach that they have and the content that they put out, that they would have grasped the situation a little bit better, a little bit better. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, compared to twenty years ago, they have all the social media can be a major tool that the wrestling never had before, of kind of knowing what the crowd or the or or the fans are wanting. So you can kind of use that uh, as a as a tool, you know, in your writing and stuff. Uh, you know, like. 20 years ago, they had to base it purely on that crowd currently in that in the room. Building. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this, you know, so they had, they have all kinds of advantages now. Well, I also think yeah. of what a disadvantage that is too, to have access to every one of your, 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 your fans thoughts because they don't all agree with each other either. So it's a kind of like, who no. do we make happy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you can't, you can't just also, also, I can't remember who said this. I want to say it was. It was Pritchard, but I can't remember exactly. But you can't. Also, you got to be careful not to constantly just book how the fans want, because you'll yeah. just book yourself into a hole. Uh, yeah, a hole. You're all yeah. over. So the you place can't do then. that either. Yeah, yeah. You got you got to have a direction you want to go. Exactly. Even if the fans are not for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we'll see what happens at WrestleMania, or see if there's anything that changes in the build up to, or do we go go in, you know, expecting Corbin and get surprised with someone else. We'll see. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to bring up on Raw, and then I'll see. What, I mean, what you guys wanted to, if if there was anything else on Raw that you guys thought of. But uh, the what would you guys think of Ronda Rousey and her husband getting in on this this more vicious kind of like heel persona that she's at? I like it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> it, same. It actually it helps spice up that rivalry for me because I, I was starting to feel flat. Yeah. It was, it was starting to feel a little flat, and now that. Um, now that that's occurring, now that there's legit like switch and, and Ronda's embracing that heel side, she seems to be in, really, she seems to be really on board for it. She's like a natural I, heel. Yeah. She is yes. a natural heel. Yes. Um, just she's so good at it. And just let yeah. her, let her do that. Becky's obviously the the fan favorite. So I mean, if, exactly. if they try, if they try to pull this Becky's kind of a heelish shtick and Ronda's the, the good white meat baby face uh, fans weren't about it. So mm-hmm. they, they did. They actually listened here. Um, yeah. They, and, they did I mean, it, and they should have, they should have just like, I get why they didn't because she's a big name, but 
I mean, even her favorite wrestler, you know, was Roddy Piper. Yeah. Who who is one of my favorites. And guess what? He was he's most well known for being a heel. Yeah, yes. almost almost his entire career. Yeah. So like why so she's naturally a heel and her and her husband uh who I who I can't believe we're even talking about. But like he seems to fit this too. Like he's a great accessory. Yeah. Or at least he he was this past Monday. Yeah, you're right. For it. Like to make you just like, man, I just don't like those people, which is what you should. That's what you should feel. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. And, and there was, a, you know, those rumors had been around for a while that she's going to drop the belt at WrestleMania and take a, a leave of absence for a little while. Uh, you know, and it, it doesn't hurt, though. It, something like that would not hurt the thing. Becky gets the belt. Uh, or Charlotte gets it with Becky chasing Charlotte now, um, you know, and and Ronda takes it takes a break, and then they move Shayna Baszler up. You know what I mean? And then when Ronda's ready to come back, it's the the entire place is going to pop. And then now you've got the the four horse women versus the four horse women that have been has been kind of brewing for how many years now? Wow, yeah, no, seems like yeah. forever. Becky Lynch has to win. Yeah, WrestleMania though. I mean, yeah, just, she will. She just has to. She's they've already kind of cooled her off a little bit without. With the, they get in their own way a lot. WWE does. <laughs> well, uh, but they've cooled her off some. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you guys if there was anything else on Raw that 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 was stuck out for you. Um. Be- before we moved on to SmackDown, because if you ask me, I feel like SmackDown itself, the entire show, is the highlight. It, yes. I thought it was a. Uh, it was really good. There was a couple things I wanted to talk about though. So anything in Raw that you had 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 to say about? No, no I'm more excited. I'm more excited for SmackDown. Talk yeah, I am as well. I think we did. I think we did uh, yeah. all the top stuff for Raw, dude. SmackDown, the entire aside. Well, I think the for me the lull was the the, the Bailey Sasha Banks and the Iconics match, uh, only yeah. because yeah. there was so many so many spots in that match that looked so awkward that it just really took me out of it. I was like, all right, I can walk away. I'm not going to really be invested. But from beginning to end, this this. Smackdown for me was freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed it. There are a couple things that made me like I have questions now. Yeah. After it. Like one of them being what what's Kevin Owens gonna be doing at WrestleMania? Yeah, right. probably gonna be another battle royal victim. And yeah. I, by I literally mean victim. It means hey, we have absolutely no idea what we want to do with you. Here's a battle yep. royal spot that means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Uh, he came in so hot, but you know, you cuz he had nothing to do with uh, Brian or, or Kofi this week. Like he wasn't even part of that at all. No. If anything, uh, it, it was weird the way during his little TV show he he kind of promoted Kofi for a minute and then just went back but, to his yeah. talk, you know what I mean? Well, you notice most of the I mean Miz kind of dropped a Kofi too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a Kofi uh, name drop. So, it's uh, let's talk about that Miz promo first cuz man, <laughs> holy cow. If this I told you guys if this is the Miz baby face we're going to get, then I'm okay with it. Same. Because if he keeps delivering promos like this as a baby face, it it'll work. It works. See, but at the same time, at the same time real quick, at the same time his dad still comes off like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Um but I mean when when characters like that, when they're when they're beloved as a heel, Miz, perfect example. If they completely change who they are as a wrestler, as an athlete. When they turn babyface, fans don't buy it. That's why his first face turn didn't didn't work well uh, a mm-hmm. couple of years ago when he was getting uh, was it was he Rick Flair? He started using like the figure four and and, and yeah. all that stuff. Like it, it just it, it, we just didn't buy it. He's got to have the same attitude. Um, you know, this happened back in the nineties when. Lex Luger all of a sudden was for the narcissist and, and not, you know, being a douchebag to... Mm-hmm. I think you mean... I'm sorry to interrupt. I think you mean Lex Luthor. It's okay, go on. <laughs> Wrong show. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he, he comes out all of a sudden. He's a, he slams Yokozuna and, yep. and he's a baby face slapping hands with fans. Like, that's not who you are. Yep. Um, they they put stars and stripes on him and that was it. Yeah. They, like, that just can't change overnight. It's got to be gradual. Remember he had um, the uh, the bus the bus tour the, the Lex, the Express, Lex Luger yeah. Lex yeah with the with the stars and stripes across <laughs> that as well <laughs> exactly dude Man, they put just, a lot behind that didn't yeah they? it was they such did. a it's such a weird turn and was, though and there was no payoff to it no nope, that's the none. thing but he didn't get over because people weren't buying it that was the thing like if if they had done it you know 
not to, I know we sidetracked quite a bit with this, but, you know, <laughs> the, like, he rode in on a helicopter and body slammed Yokozuna. I don't know any wrestler who is in the history of the world who's ever gotten to ride into a show on a helicopter. Like, that is the <laughs> coolest thing. And then, and then no, no payoff for it. You drop out to Yoko at uh, WrestleMania 10 and, and nothing comes of it. Horrible. Yeah, I'm 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 seeing a better a better uh, end result for the Miz uh, yes. because let's think about this. When this whole thing happened, where they were becoming best friends and besties, it was enjoyable. It was comedic, but there was still this sense of just kind of like eh, we can't really take this too seriously, right? Because what the heck? Who cares about this? And it wasn't until that turn, that turn, all of a sudden, really made this match. Like, one of the matches I can't wait to see at WrestleMania, which is the weirdest thing to say, right? Miz and Shane? Yeah. At WrestleMania yeah. is what I'm really looking forward to seeing? What? It might be, it to me, and very biased here. I've admitted on this show I'm a Miz mark, so I'm very biased with this. But it might be one of the matches I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, it's one of the few, to me, storylines that they've really actually kept building just right. Uh, and it doesn't feel like it's in a holding pattern at all to me. Uh, I mean, we we had a. Uh, I mean, Shane did pretty good last week. I mean, especially when he was roughing up just a poor ring announcer. Yeah, and, and just really showing his more like who quote unquote who you really. I got quit saying quote unquote uh, who he is. Uh, and then we get Miz this week, and and to what Matt was saying, the reason why I really like this babyface promo is because it still felt like him. Like it didn't feel like he was yeah. doing a complete one eighty turn here. Mm-hmm. It's like we say, when it comes to playing the heel, you're the best heel if what you feel is right. And and the, the fans know it's wrong. You're, you're the bad guy. But in your heart, you're being honest with yourself and you feel this is right. And the thing is, is what he's saying during this promo, he feels is right. Talking about how hard he, he made himself work to put himself where he is today you know what i mean going through the town he lived in getting on the real world working yeah. hard you know busting his ass and working the 13 years he gets where he is and he li- i mean he's screaming at the at the television that he deserves it and that's kind of like uh the ravings of a heel i deserve this right and normally the crowd yeah. ch- ch- boos but this time they start chanting you deserve it because they're all behind him in this story yeah and I, and I loved his response too because if it's damn Miz, right it's- i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a Miz response, exactly. but it worked here. Uh, it's we are in a we are in an era of uh, where fans will cheer heels and boo baby faces now. So you also got the reason I'm even bringing that up is because later on the show when we bring up our topic. Oh yeah, I know uh, what you mean. I, I noticed something Same. fairly interesting where it kind of started then, and this was in '89. Same, I saw. I know what you're earlier. talking about. Yeah, but. Uh, so this is why you got to make it believable if you want a person to be cheered. Uh, you know, the reason that Kofi right now, to me, is one of the biggest stars is because it feels like, well, A, for sure, everybody who loves wrestling knows he's earned it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's put in the work for sure. And he, he's, his character, like he's been who he is for a while now. He's no longer having to talk with that Jamaican accent. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so he feels more believable. He feels real. Yeah. And people like him like they want him that that's a great baby face now you don't need to be on a lex express <laughs> riding around on helicopters to be to show that you're a baby face anymore <laughs> wearing wearing stripes on, on your underwear you know it's it's you can just make it more believable and just more organic and that's mm-hmm. what's key here yeah agreed agreed and speaking of uh, uh, organic how about daniel bryan's promo yeah i mean he's just he's Still. just this, he's killing it. He is, yeah. man. He makes you want to slap his face. He's so condescending. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know, I like I like his his I, I love this heel run. And yeah. I like how he's like dropping lines that the authority uh would have <laughs> you know, what they gave him, like was it four or five years ago? You know, calling <laughs> Kofi a B plus player. Yes. Uh <laughs> you know, just, just so much stuff and it's like so cool. I don't know if like all the fans are catching it. But I mean that's deep storytelling right there. That is yep. really good, and it just goes to show you how much Daniel Bryan has changed. I love exactly, it. exactly. I, I love it. It's like that's a good change. That's a good change, and it's happening gradually. It's right. Not yes. Just, he goes from yes, yes, yes to you know, you know, you know, you're a B plus player. It's happened very slowly. It's been a long <laughs> yeah. mountain to climb to, for him to get to this point. Um, 
you know, because he was kind of himself as a heel right off the gut, right off the bat. And now he's turning into this this character and it's evolving more and more. It's it was so good. I, yeah. I love him using that logic used against him on Kofi. It's so mm-hmm. good. And then he comes back later in the night. I mean, it's just such a good from beginning then, like I said, this SmackDown felt like literally the highlight of the week. Um, because here we go. We had the gauntlet match with Kofi against basically you know what it, it felt you know what it felt like it felt like a video game you know what i mean like it's just it one like boss if, after another coming out it felt like it was uh, if spider-man had to go against the sinister six yeah, yes exactly <laughs> you know but what a performance dude uh with every person in that in that ring against sheamus against cesaro against joe against uh who else came out Rand, uh, or randy orton orton dude yeah. it was rowan, insane. rowan yeah. even with rowan it was insane yeah, they were kind of – I was really concerned going in because they've already done this. I mean, yeah. just weeks ago, they already they did this. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got over the first time, you know, with the crowd. Uh, you know, it's – it. so I was really I was really concerned about that, but I liked how they did it here. Yeah. And I really liked that I, – I knew because I was clock watching when he, when he beat the last person and yeah. there's still time left i was like yeah. something's gonna happen that's here. exactly what i was thinking <laughs> yeah. dude and then of yeah. course we heard vince's music kick in uh and then tells us oh there's one more person you got to fight and it, it ends up yeah. being daniel bryan which again what a great performance as short it is, as, as short as it was it was still like he comes in and what, what how long was it two minutes two and a half minutes the match three minutes probably a little bit more than that but it was something like it that was still good stuff at the edge of your seat yeah the exactly dude the amount of storytelling in just that small amount of time with all the history behind what we already knew just happened good god yeah and i, I do have one small complaint and it's very small but it's technically a positive thing uh, i don't know if you guys saw this but on wwe's uh social media they posted a video of the new day after this match, and uh, they were talking about how like it was very good stuff. I mean, all three of these guys, goodness gracious, they're so dang good, uh, especially on the mic. And uh, they were talking about how maybe they need to go back and think about working for this company. Like they were breaking stuff up like that, like they were going to quit or something. Yeah. So it was very good stuff. But my main complaint is that would be perfect to show. You know, I don't know everybody on SmackDown. <laughs> They do this stuff all the time. They'll get good ideas and they'll just put it on like, and I and I get that the, that people will probably if if you're into wrestling, you'll see it eventually. Or they might reference it next episode. You know what I mean? And, and show yeah, the maybe video. they'll do that. I hope so because it was really good. That was my point. Though. It was very good. Yeah. All three guys are, are amazing at this. Yeah. But it's still every time I see it though, I still think that Big E's going to turn. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's going to happen here at some. I, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought one of the guys from New Day were going to turn on Kofi right there and start beating him down. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, it ended up being Daniel Bryan. And then Daniel Bryan beats him, which is even better because it's like, let's still make it make the fans, number one, go nuts and want Kofi to get to WrestleMania. Uh, and number two, sit on that. Like, literally, you, you're going to make them come back next week. If they're skipping Raw because they're bored with Raw, they're not going to skip SmackDown. The fans are going to come back to see what's going to happen this week because how yeah, – like, Yeah, because we all know that Kofi's going to be on WrestleMania. Yeah. We all know it. Yep. So how are they going to get them there? Exactly. I'm very excited for this. I'm, exactly. Yeah, I'm excited, but I just don't. I was concerned with it too this week. I mean, as from a like, what's bigger than beating six of the top superstar Earl? Right? It was like yeah, six, and then Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's bigger than beating six of the top superstars on the brand? And like that, I felt like that was the moment. You had it right there. I I really did. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. It's a cool sense of unpredictability, but with WrestleMania being two weeks out, three weeks mm-hmm. out, whatever it is at this point, I feel like that was the moment, and it was a missed opportunity. I, I really do. That was the moment for what? You mean to have him win it so we to, know to he's going? Officially, officially Kofi in the main uh, face for the title. We all know what's going to happen, Yeah, but yeah. I feel like that was the best opportunity that they had. I really do. We'll see, right? It is the yeah. dub, but it does make you say, "I got to see what happens this week to see how it they're going to do this." It right? Does. I, and that's that's good. I mean, that's, that's yeah. good. That's the it's beauty. Good. It's almost it. it's almost don't. as if it's almost as if Matt, you're saying that WWE is bad at timing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. 
But yeah, for me, dude, it, um, this SmackDown easily destroyed, uh, and I and I didn't get a chance to see NXT, but it, I feel like SmackDown was a much, much, much superior product this week. That's been I the watched, theme ever since I joined the I, show. That's been the theme, and I'm okay I've, with I've, yeah. I, I've watched all. I watched all three this week. Uh, NXT is very, very, very good. I encourage everybody to go watch it. It's only an hour. It's easy to digest, and it's very. There's a match on there that's worth it. So. Uh, go watch that. Sweet. But I still, I agree with you. SmackDown to me, and, and Raw's been getting better. I still think Raw's getting better and better than where it was. Yeah. Just a mere few months ago. It could. It's uh, you know Raw SmackDown to year round. Good, good. I feel like Raw only gets good before the Big Four. I really do. Uh, especially that, WrestleMania. That's probably season. fair. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Very fair. Very fair. All right, fellas, uh, before we go into our topic for the week, we're going to take a quick break uh, for a commercial, and we'll be right back. They call me hanging in the backseat oh. with the gang, hanging in the backseat with the gang, yeah. hanging in the backseat with the gang, yeah. with the gang, hey. with the gang, hanging in the backseat. With the gang, Ooh. hanging in the backseat with network gang, yeah, hanging work. in the backseat with the gang, uh, with the gang, hanging with the gang, uh, hanging with the gang. You know it ain't no game unless it's PlayStation. We don't play them things. Hey, put any console in front of me, and I will console you on it. G. I promise, I'm the best. Trying to beat me is just a test, but you gon' fail it. F. Every single time you run up on it, it's a guess. Cause you never know what I'm coming with. Never know where I'm coming from. You don't know what I dealt with. You don't know what I'm doing, son. I'm the one. Like Neo. And I see. Like Neo. Hanging in the backseat. With the gang. Hanging in the backseat. With the gang, hanging in the backseat. With the gang, with the gang, network gang, hanging in the backseat. With the gang, hanging in the backseat. With the gang, hanging in the backseat. With the gang, network gang, baby, network gang. www.bicbp-radio.com. For all your podcasting needs and necessities, it's your boy C Ham. Yes, sir. AKA, AKA the World Heavyweight Champion of Live Broadcasting. AKA, AKA Abraham DeLacy. AKA the frivolous one. AKA the one they call him Ham. And we are back. Got a chance to. uh, And better than ever. <laughs> Amazing. Um, all right. So this week, guys, uh, we, we were trying to figure out what it was we wanted to talk about. Last week, we talked about Flair and uh, Shawn Michaels in Ric Flair's retirement. Uh, before that, we talked about Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat's triple uh, trilogy of, of of matches. We talked about, but uh, we've talked about um, what was his name? Oh man, Buyer. Yep, Dick, Dick, Dick yeah. Bear. The Destroyer. Yep. Uh, yeah, the Destroyer, Dick. Um, the, the Dick Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a, we talked about him. Um, this week, I wanted to talk about one of, you know, the old school wrestling's probably more famous tag teams. Uh, so much so that the, the their literal name is a is a term used throughout pro wrestling uh, to reference a specific. Uh, you know, number of people in a tag team. So the fabulous Freebirds are a professional wrestling tag team that attained fame in the 1980s, performing into the 1990s. They're usually three wrestlers, uh, but the thing was is that they it was interchangeable, kind of like uh, the New Day today. If uh, people don't know who the fabulous Freebirds were, the way the New Day works is um, anytime they have to defend their tag team titles, it doesn't matter. It could be any of the any of the two out of three. It's an interchangeable thing. This became known as the the Freebird. What was it called? The Freebird Rule. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, because of these guys, the fabulous Freebirds. These guys were were huge in the South back in the eighties and into the nineties. Um, and so I figured let's talk about these guys today. 
Let's talk about these guys. Uh, I'm going to go real quick through a little bit of things on their Wikipedia, and then we'll discuss uh, what we think of this and and their matches and some of the stuff we watched. Uh, So the Fabulous Freebirds started performing together in 1979 when Mid-South Wrestling promoter Bill Watts put together the duo of Michael P.S. Hayes and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Do you guys know what P.S. stands for? Uh, Postscript, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It actually stands for Purely Sexy. Michael Purely Sexy Hayes. Well, that changes everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Isn't it wild wild to think that he still works for the WWE? Yeah, dude, he's he's still in the back, right? He's like a... I think so. Talent manager or something like that, or what does he do? Oh, who knows? I don't even know. (laughs) It's, it's, It's changed a couple times. He's gotten into trouble. For some stuff he said. That doesn't sound like the PSAs I know. He won't delve into that or say the words uh, that were said. But uh, he's been around. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, So though they were originally meant to be the tag team, he soon uh, added Buddy Jack Roberts into the mix, and they became a three-man gang type of tag team. An unusual concept at the time. Like nowadays, we see three men tag teams, and it seems almost the norm, right? It feels like you have to have more than two to be considered a group. Yeah. Um, and and back then, though, it wasn't usually seen. When there was a tag team, it was two guys. That's it, right? Yeah. Um, so these guys invented a concept that is now called the Freebird Rule in their honor, in which any two of the three members can defend the team's championships. They usually worked as heels, but also had several face runs as well. Uh, after wrestling for Watts in Mid-South, they worked in Memphis uh, with Con- Continental Wrestling Association. There they feuded with Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. Um, that that was uh, Lawler's promotion, right, down there in Memphis? Yeah, he, he ran he had it. His was own. Super, it was the star of it, essentially, yeah. Uh, so the group next wrestled in Dallas World Class Championship Wrestling, WCCW, uh, where they had a legendary feud with the Von Eriks. I've seen a lot of these matches, and the, one of, this is one of those feuds that was a huge deal. Um, it was ignited by an infamous incident in which Terry Gordy slammed Kerry Von Eriks' head in a steel cage door, inciting a riot and igniting the legendary wrestling feud. Did you guys ever see this match where it was Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair for the title? And it was, I think it was... Uh, Michael P.S. Hayes was a guest referee. There was actually two referees. They had the regular ref in there, and then Michael P.S. Hayes was the second, uh, you know, pro wrestler kind of thing that was in there to help uh, the situation because it had gotten to such a boiling point. So they had uh, Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair in the in this steel cage match, um, and at some point Von Erich was trying to get out of the cage or, or do something, and Terry Gordy just smashes his head with the steel door. I mean, people went freaking nuts. Yeah, that didn't happen every day huh, back then. <laughs> no. That's like revolutionary. And <laughs> yep, totally. Uh, but it was a huge feud, man. The Von Erichs, uh, we know the Von Erichs as being that kind of like that dynasty of a family. It was a, it, all the all the all the sons wrestled, uh, and they all kind of. Yeah, met. Well, I just think of them as a tragedy. Yeah, I was now. gonna say, and they all yeah. met untimely ends, unfortunately. Uh, but during this feud. Uh, the Freebirds started using the Confederate battle flag as a group symbol as the Von Erichs would wave the flag of Texas. So they chose to use the flag of Georgia, which at the time contained the Confederate battle flag to counter it. Um, that, that, I don't think that could run, that could go over well anymore these days at all. They wouldn't use it. I mean, they'd be stupid too. <laughs> yeah. I don't, even, even as, I mean, cause listen, remember back in those days, like you'd have guys be Soviets and they'd come with the Soviet flag, and, and that's that was yeah. really generating heat. But nowadays, I think it would just be looked at as bad taste. I th- when it, well, that comes way more down to the history of what that flag represents. Yeah. Uh, and during the era in which they were using it, it was kind of more accepted, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's like and, Dukes of Hazard. I think they kind of yeah. used that flag. Um, they did at that yeah. time. I mean, that was on their car. Yeah. yeah, their famous car has that. So yeah, it, I mean that. Was, and I live in the South, so I still will see that flag from time to time. Yeah, down here. But it's it's it obviously and definitely has some terrible history to it. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They wouldn't use it now. I no. mean, I don't think they. And nobody should. <laughs> yeah, and no. that's not the that's not the heat you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the that's the all the wrong heat there. Uh, so the Freebirds also performed in, N- in the NWA-affiliated Georgia Championship Wrestling uh, and WCW World Championship Wrestling, the American Wrestling Association, 
and the Oklahoma-based Universal Wrestling Federation. Uh, while they were in the AWA, they feuded primarily with the Road Warriors, uh, costing them the World Tag Team match uh, titles in a match uh, against the long team, uh, longtime Freebird ally Jimmy Garvin and his partner Steve Regal. Uh, so that's that was another guy. Jimmy Garvin ends up joining them a little later on as well uh, when he and Michael Hayes become a tag team for a little while. And a lot of people would say that was probably a really one of their better versions was the Jimmy Garvin, Michael P.S. Hayes tag team. Uh, when you guys were watching any of the matches, it was was Garvin a part of those ones? I had Garvin and Hayes. Yeah. Uh, it was 90 against uh, Rock and Roll Express. So Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, the group then moved on to their AWA run, returned to world class, and then started a stint in UWF where Gordy became the promotion's champion. Robert held the, uh, Roberts held the TV title. Hayes usually acted as their manager and served as a heel commentator on the television broadcasts. Um, let's see what else. Hayes and Garvin were paired as the Freebirds in WCW in 89, enjoying several reigns as world and United States tag team champions, and were joined by Gordy for a while as well. Uh, they later employed the services of a masked third partner, Brad Ar- Armstrong, under the name Bad Street. Uh, the Freebirds were last together when Hayes, Gordy, and Garvin worked for the Global Wrestling Federation in 94. Then they ended the group after 15 years. Um, unfortunately, Gordy died of a heart attack caused by a blood clot in 2001 at the age of 40, and Roberts died in 2012 at the age of 67 of pneumonia with Armstrong dying of a suspected heart attack in 2012 as well. Uh, that only leaves, yeah, Garvin and Hayes as the only surviving members. And like you said, Hayes uh, still works for the WWE. Um, back in 2016, the Fabulous Freebirds were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame by the New Day. Uh, one little pieces of, 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 of knowledge here, we were talking about this earlier also. The, uh, the Freebirds, the concept was heavily derived from Leonard Skinner's song, Freebird, and the image of Southern pride uh, for most of the team's early existence, the song was used as their entrance music. Um, apparently though, it, it, did you guys hear this in anything? Cause I remember what I don't, it was one of the matches I was watching and Jim Ross said it, that they were the first to use rock music as an entrance music. Um, I heard that too. I, believe that. Uh, I, I 100% yeah. believe that. Um, also side tidbit. I seen a movie one time and they were at the beginning of it. They were yep. as a wrestling match. I don't know what the movie was called, um, but they were wrestling somebody in it. It was a sold-out stadium. It was really, really cool, really well done, but I do not remember what the name of the movie was. It was called Highlander, Highlander. 1986 fantasy oh. film Highlander. The the uh, The original three Freebirds briefly appear in a match against Greg Gagne, the Tonga Kid, and Jim Brunzel. That was really cool. <laughs> that is cool um yeah so the 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 fabulous freebirds were one of those iconic wrestling duos and they become they became one of you know one of their most well-known stables uh we watched each of us watched all uh, different different kinds of uh matches of theirs um johnny i think you and i watched one that was the same we watched halloween havoc yeah uh you found a list that WWE put out yeah. of some of the best matches with the Freebirds. And anytime I see Halloween Havoc, I'm going to pick it. Oh, I know. I always <laughs> I, loved it as a kid. I love Halloween Havoc and always will. <laughs> uh, and the fact that they were going against the Dynamic Dudes means I had to watch this one. But I, what, uh, so that's the one the thing, I watched. I completely forgot about the Dynamic Dudes till I saw that. And I, I was like, holy <laughs> cow, I remember these guys. Yeah, it was Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace. <laughs> and they used um, to do like the hang 10 symbol. And, and you know, instead yeah, they of two with skateboards, instead, instead they never of two rode sweeping each other, they did it with the hang 10 <laughs> symbol. I love that they always came to the ring in skateboards, but never really rode the skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They just carried them around and yeah. flipped, them, flipped them around here and there. Um, and they were there. And obviously, what really struck me about this match yeah. is that they were obviously the dudes were supposed to be the baby faces. I mean, they were uh-huh. even taking posing with kids yep. and all this stuff. And it was obvious that the Freebirds were the heels, but guess who got the chance? Yep. The Freebirds did. Yeah, they were. This is what you were referencing earlier in the show. Yeah. Uh, was Back in the day, you normally booed the heel and cheered the faces. And it was rare where a, a heel would garner enough popularity where you would hear people cheering when they saw them. But that's not how it was with the Freebirds, man. These guys had that rock and roll spirit. There was, I mean, anytime they came to the ring, watch any of them. At the very beginning, Michael Hayes is always 
prancing and preening around, walking around like a peacock, yeah. you know, flipping his his feathered hair around. Make if he could. Yeah, I, I really, I really had forgotten how much I love watching Michael Hayes. Yeah, sail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. No kidding. Um, but they are. They were. They were a great tag team to watch, and it was funny watching that one. I was. I was. I literally pointed it out to Aaron as I was watching. I was like, "Check this out!" I was like, "Just so you know, they're supposed to be the heels, but look at how much love they're getting here, man. People are loving on them. They and every were... single time. Go ahead. I'm Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that, well... no, I was going to say every single time the dudes uh, were getting the upper hand, the place started booing. I mean, booing loudly. It felt like they they cheered when they cheated. Yeah. <laughs> They were stars. They didn't need the machine. Like they were like some of the the earliest big name stars who never associated with WWE. Um, yeah, essentially. Yeah, uh, they they were part of that. You know, the Four Horsemen, and you know, pre WWE Andre and, and and guys like that. They were um, they were revolutionary and they were special. And it was it was cool that they didn't need uh, to be a part of World Wrestling, the World Wrestling Federation at the time. Uh, to really become the stars that they they would become yeah it was it's, yeah uh, you can find a bunch of their matches on the network uh, one of the cool features about the network is uh, when you search you can just search for the team name and then it'll give you a whole bunch of matches that they were in that you can go and check out yeah um, but there was one that I couldn't find on the network that was on this list and it was it was the the freebirds with um, Zukov and they were facing sergeant slaughter Scott Hall who does not look anything like Scott Hall that I remember. I mean, this I'm talking 80s porn stash Scott Hall and uh, a, a very young Kurt Hennig. Um, it was a really good match, but one of the weird things I noticed was that the Rock and Roll, I mean, not the Rock and Roll Express, the uh, the Freebirds come out and Michael Hayes is like uh, Garvin's, you know, his, his, his tights, the back says Freebirds. Michael Hayes, his says Fantasia. Have you seen this? Have you guys ever seen him in, in these tights? I, I don't. I'd have to see them through. Yeah. I remembered. I, I was looking at it, going, "What the heck? Why does it say Fantasia?" Uh, one of the things I found out when I was reading a little bit more on the history of these guys was when when uh, Brad Armstrong showed up as Bad Street, he was originally named Fantasia. So those were actually his tights that Michael Hayes was wearing. Hmm. Uh, they ended up, cha- <laughs> yeah. WCW changed his name immediately to avoid any kind of legal, uh, you know, ramifications from Disney. Um, but yeah, so I remember seeing that going, what in the world's this? So that's a little a little piece of uh, you know, freebird knowledge there for you as well. Um, but w- watching these matches, it was like you said, Johnny, you kind of forget how well you know Michael Hayes could sell or just how over a lot of these guys were. I, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna say well. I'm gonna say Well not I mean, that, yeah, uh, I, I, I love watching them. Yes. That's yes. what I meant. Yeah. Yes. Think of he really reminded me of, and it's going to be one of my my next pick for when it's my turn again, uh, of when uh, he wasn't as over the top, but when Shawn Michaels was in that match with Hogan and he oversold everything. <laughs> like I saw like little shades of that in Michael Hayes. And I was like, yeah, I forgot I loved watching Michael Hayes because of how he sells stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there were the main members were Michael Hayes, as we said. He was considered the leader of the group. Um, and and I'm, I'm going to read this from Wikipedia because it's funny. It feels like – do you remember uh, when you guys were younger? Did you guys ever like create your own uh, superhero teams or your own your own whatever characters? And you'd always be like, this is his name. This is their specialty. This is yes. what they're known for. Yes. Right? Uh, listen to how this is listed in Wikipedia. So Michael Hayes was the leader of the group, nicknamed P.S. He was known to get the crowd going with his antics. Uh, Terry Gordy was the powerhouse of the group Nicknamed Bam Bam He loved to fight and beat his opponents down (laughs) Buddy Roberts Nicknamed Jack For his love of Jack Daniels whiskey Was the speed of the group He would often frustrate other wrestlers Into chasing him Until Hayes or Gordy surprised them with a move Um Buddy, though, and this is legit, though. Buddy was acknowledged as the best ring technician of the group. He was actually a very, very good technical wrestler. Uh, Jimmy Garvin's association with the Freebirds began in '83, and uh, that's about it. Then they had associated members, but the main four were were, were these guys. Um, man, what were your guys' thoughts when you were watching them wrestle? Like, what 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 had stuck out for you guys? Their their charisma. It was, it was, I mean, it, 
it was really their charisma was unbelievable. You know, their entrance and stuff like that. But um, I mean, their roughneck style, but yet technical style of wrestling, mm-hmm. like they were a complete package type team. Like they, I watched them. My match was against the Rock and Roll Express in the nineties. Uh, 1990 to be exact, but, uh, oh, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, but it was, it was good. Like they met, they, they matched really well with them and, and yeah. they, they were, they were a combination of all sorts of styles, you know, very physical. Uh, and we compliment that a lot too. When we watch some of the older wrestling, how they're, mm-hmm. you know, how the, like the, the strikes look and, and you know, yeah. not a whole lot of daylight. You, you can't really tell how, yeah. You know, you know, protected everybody was, but um, yeah, just just excellent, Flaw- almost flawless in the in the ring. They 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 really were a very very talented group of people. Yeah, I would say what really stood out to me was I forgot how entertaining they were. Uh, so it kind of goes back to what Matt was saying. They mm-hmm. really stand out with their charisma and their and, and just their uh, character. Yeah. That's where they really stand out, and that's why it was. That's why I understood when people started cheering for them, because I mean, it's they're so they're so. I don't even know the word to use here, but they got so much charisma, and it just kind of oozes oozes off of them. And there's a lot of wrestlers who would probably kill to have just an ounce of that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, you know. Jinder Mahal. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, you're so right. And and the thing I love about these guys is it's like you said, there's the charisma. They, they each had their own kind of a character um, and their, their hard work. These guys, it's like you said, Matt, um, you can barely see daylight, man. They Somebody's going to come off the ropes and, and they're going to go for that, you know, try to just – take their head off they're not lifting their arm any higher than where they really want to take your head off you better duck and i saw that a few times in one of these matches and i I love i for some reason there's something about that that i love when i see it i've said it before on the show it just feels like there's a a realness to it like these guys were gonna hit you unless you ducked enough it wasn't about yeah i'm gonna you know it it's the worst thing in the world when you watch two two wrestlers going at it and one of two things is happening. It looks 100% from top to bottom choreographed that they're literally waiting for each of each person to get into into position so that they could pull off a move. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. worst thing. Or where they're so not used to what they're supposed to do with each other that there's this stiff kind of awkwardness happening. And so – uh, you know, these the spots where they're supposed to keep each other safe, it's glaringly obvious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the other thing that I really appreciate, especially about that era in wrestling, is how, like, their finisher was the DDT, right? Yeah, that's one exactly. Of my that's one of my all-time favorite moves. But the, the announcers constantly put that move over about how devastating it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just used in the middle of the match for no reason. Yep. They, I mean, the other team was trying to avoid it because they knew if they were hit by it, it was over. Yeah. Well, think of what that is literally. You're, they're literally dropping you on the back, uh, on the top of your head. Like, that's the idea behind it, smashing the top of your head into the ground. Um, that should be considered, you know, uh, devastating. It's it's sad these days when when you can't you don't have announcers that – that not just call the match, but put over certain moves and put over what's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the only the only move I can even think of that's even close to that now is the RKO. Yeah. Uh, the only one that people kind of hold in a almost like it's sacred. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this generation is like weird. It's like like the early 90s, like those moves that put away people. And that, that's why I love 90s, 80s wrestling, uh, early 90s. Is that you know the the finishers were were relatively simple, and when you got hit, you know that would uh, get hit with it. That would be it. But now those moves are like everybody's generic filling moves. Like I mean, Rick yeah, Martelli yeah. used to use a, a a Boston Crab for Christ's sake. Uh, you know now Boston Crab is viewed as like you know the walls of Jericho and and and, mm-hmm. and other stuff like and or. It, or um, you know, if a wrestler uses it, it's just it's like a rest hold. Like it's it's yeah, it's, exactly. It's just that simple. Uh, yeah, and this is going to sound like I'm dissing the young bucks and other people, and I love the young bucks. I they're one of my favorites to watch. But like they constantly use the super kick. It's almost their gimmick, right? Yeah, super but super in kick a way, party. 
Yeah, but in a way, it takes away from how great the super kick really is because they use it so much. Agreed. Yeah, it's a, and it's not I mean, really it's a finisher. A, I mean, you're literally thrusting your boot into somebody's face like that should be a wrap. But now, yeah. you know, yeah. not, and it's not just the young bucks either. It's guys like the Usos. No, and, no, it's not. And you know, a bunch of a bunch of people on the independent. Everyone, wrestlers. everyone throws a super kick. Anyone. Just about, yeah, what just about. about yeah. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite wrestlers is is Kevin Owens, and he uses yeah. it as a as but a normal move. You know, it yeah. doesn't put away people uh no. anymore like it should it, it it's like logically it doesn't make any sense you know it just uh, i just feel like it's being thrown in there and there's a you know in the in the late 90s you know there's this big with, with professional wrestling this kick out culture you got to kick out of finishing moves to make make stuff more exciting and mm-hmm. it just it damaged the reputation of of wrestling moves kind of uh um, i agree and it yeah, think that, a lot of yeah. them. A lot of them. It really did. I always get mad at that. Like that should only be used sparingly. To do yes. That, mm-hmm. Everybody yep. does it now. It's on. Yeah. It needs to be. A, it needs to be an actual special moment when that happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Russell, WrestleMania this is the prime show where people are kicking out of each other's finishers left and right. And yeah. like it's, it's your finisher. That's it. That should be right. the end of the match. And yes, it is cool. You know, if the main event does it, but like when you're mid card mambo doing it, uh, bottom show hot opener, second match on the show, and, and you're kicking out of these, you know, if it, it's like, yeah, <laughs> what's the point? Exactly. <laughs> well, also, I think we have to acknowledge that Matt's the youngest of us three, but we're all kind of an older generation now yeah. when it comes to being wrestling yes. fans. And I think, and I feel, and just from the, some of my younger friends who are wrestling fans that I know, uh, they love where wrestling's at. And I do love where wrestling's at now. I'm not, and I don't want us to come off like we're just complaining no, about it. Right, right. But like they, I mean, that's what they grew up on is that everybody's throwing all these moves in and they're not really finishers. And they love the stuff. I mean, that's the that's what they look for. Uh, so uh, maybe it's a generation thing. I don't know. It could be. I mean, if that's all you know, then, you know, if, if, if that's the kind of stuff you're you're surrounded by, and that's all you've ever known, then, yeah, you'd probably appreciate that a little bit more. I just, me personally, I like the simple things. I I like stuff relatively simple. I still like that catch-can style, uh, you know, grapples and hold style wrestling. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, there's ways to make that exciting, but um, yeah, and and that's the thing. The younger generation, it's it's almost. It used to be back in the day. You can see there's such differences in generations because they didn't have it or they didn't experience it. Yes, but the younger generation has the network at their fingertips. They can go back and watch matches. Go back and watch some of these Freebird Midnight Express matches or Rock and Roll Express Midnight Express they matches. Do, yeah, they have that or, ability, or, but they or just four, choose not four to. horsemen matches. Yeah, exactly. But go back and watch these guys, and then you'll understand. You know. What I mean, like it's 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 when Michael P.S. Hayes drops a DDT and the guy is it looks like he's literally knocked out. He's not opening his eyes and kind of looking up at the ref to see the count or you know what I mean? Like like they they sold it. They he put him away. That's it. Finishing yeah. move. Um, you'll understand. You'll understand. Go back and watch it. I get it. You know, generations do have a difference, but I feel like in the di- in in our technological age. Um, generational speaking anymore is no longer an excuse to not have an appreciation for something because we have Correct. the availability of being exposed to it, you know? 100%. Yeah, I also think, also think the three of us, and if I'm speaking out of turn, please please tell me, but I think we're also, when it comes to wrestling, we really love when a match is telling a story inside yes. the ring. Yes. And if that's, and that story every time is just kicking out of finishers left and right, then I'm going to just not care as much about that finisher the next yes, time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like somebody, so. there was there was one move that like everyone, I can't remember who it was, but uh, but it might have been Zach. Right? I don't know. Somebody, it was a regular finisher that they were doing, and all of a sudden everybody was kicking out of it, and he slowly stopped using it. I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was in the, probably within the last five years too. May have been Wade Barrett because he had a variety of different finishers, but um, yeah, re- regardless, uh, yeah, you just it become the move becomes devalued, one hundred percent. Uh, actually, it was probably John. You know, John Cena's another one too. Like with the attitude adjustment, like that one. No, he never finished anyone off of that for a long time. It was always the STF, and yeah, it's wrestling's weird. <laughs> it's <a bottom> line. <laughs> it is definitely weird. Uh, but there you go, folks. That's the fabulous Freebirds. Probably one of wrestling's most legendary stables. 
um definitely definitely the, a, a, a great cast of characters and and the, the work ethic that these guys had and the kind of performances they put in it's not a joke go check it out you can find a bunch of their matches from all the different promotions on the network um i, w- I would honestly say you want to see some of the be- the better matches you you want to see the ones against like the midnight express against the rock and roll express uh you know who else? I, I can't think of who else. But those are the two other teams for me. Von Erichs. The Von Erichs. Yeah, there you go. The Von yeah, Erichs. Legendary feat with them. Yeah, uh, the Road Warriors. Uh, those are some good ones as well. So go check them out. Um, fabulous Freebirds, ladies and gentlemen. Fabulous Freebirds. You guys have anything else you want to say before we take off? No, no, nope. I'm good. I'm as free as a bird now. <laughs> <laughs> and this bird, you cannot change. All right, boys, let's take it home. Oh,